0: Hello, and welcome to episode 179 of the N-Focus podcast. I am your new semi-regular host, Andrew Brown, as Andy Corrigan is taking a bit of a hiatus from the show to focus on other projects, and we wish him luck and wish him well on those projects. But I am joined by our regular co-host, Tori Wassenaar. Tori, how are you doing today? I am Fantastic great well then we should have a fantastic show going forward because i am fantastic as well excellent just going to do a regular shout out we are looking for a regular third person so if you are interested in maybe joining the show as a regular voice going forward uh feel free to reach out to us on twitter or in our discord Uh, but for now let's just get on with the show this is it (laughs) So circling back around to Pokemon Legends Arceus, the first big Switch release of the year, which we discussed at length last week, but we had only had it for a couple days at that point. We've now had it for over a week. Tori, how are you feeling about Pokemon Legends Arceus now?
1: I absolutely adore the game. Uh, Mm. I finished it 50 hours total. Wow. Yeah, I have some thoughts as well. Um, some some healthy critiques, I hope
0: <laughs> Well, there's, there's plenty of room for criticism in this game But it's just, the main thing to say about it is Finally something different from Pokemon That's hopefully not just a spin-off But anyway, go ahead and give
1: us your thoughts You hit, I, I hit credits about 20 hours in mm-hmm. Which is, um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that You fight some legendaries in a Pokemon game oh, of course not and it's kind of hinted at throughout the whole thing with the whole space-time distortion stuff. hmm Uh, I'll, I'll still leave the, the details, uh, vague, but basically you fight some legendaries and then you get credits because you solved the problem that was plaguing, uh, Isui. But that's not the end of the story. Um, the end game is actually a continu- continuation of the story. hmm usually in a Pokemon game you beat the game and then there's some other stuff but it's not really related it's just some extra stuff that you can do but it's actually incorporated into the story or they're their own little side stories of their own that are actually stories rather than just things that you do because you have to complete the Pokedex to actually 100% the story and that includes all of the legendaries and mythicals
0: Wow, when you say complete the Pokedex, does that mean just capturing them, or does that mean getting them to level, getting the Pokedex records to level ten?
1: So it says at the start of the game, meet all Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's meet. Interesting. Um, so that's the technicality that they uh, they get you with. Yeah. Try you not have- to die from every Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably will if they're alphas. Yeah. They're technically main story missions to catch all of the legendaries, um, hmm. and you'd expect them to just be Sinnoh legendaries, but there's some surprises in there.
0: Oh, um, do they have the Kanto the birds in there? Because they love the Kanto birds. They're always bringing them back.
1: No, actually. No. Okay, that's good. It, it's another trio, but with a twist. Hmm. Actually... Um, Considering
0: the kind of game this is, it would actually be really interesting if the three they brought back, I'm just spitballing here, I'm still in the second region, Uh, if they brought back the the dogs from the second generation games, Johto, I want to say was the name of that region, anyway, those dogs, just have them reappear anywhere on the map, just as a total open world game, that would be really cool.
1: Well I've been theorising what they could do next for a Legends game And I think Johto would be a great region to do that with With the whole Mm -hmm. thing of Ho-Oh and the tower burning down and reviving the Pokemon Like there's lore there that they can expand on
0: well, I want them to do something original, set in the Pacific Northwest, because we are like the cryptid capital of the world. <laughs> Everywhere you go, somebody's made up some monster that's out there. Not just Bigfoot. There's all kinds of stuff out there. Like, the show Gravity Falls is heavily based on my region. Uh, I think this would be a great place to set up a Pokemon game, especially a Legends-style Pokemon game. But yeah, i, I play a Johto game, too. I, I play any one of these games if they if they want to just go back and do every region, which I guess... I don't, know, I don't know if you could call that a plan right now, because they've only done one game for one region, but that could be a direction they go.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's hard to tell what they're actually aiming to do with this Legends thing. Like, they say it's a mainline game, but it doesn't resemble one whatsoever. It, it does feel more like a spin off.
0: Well, I, I'm going off secondhand information here, but in the west or in the u.s at least it's hard to tell what it is because really this game got really lousy marketing it got some like tv commercials and some traditional broadcasting stuff but as far as like what nintendo usually does for a big game it got nothing which is distressing and concerning to me but that's a topic for another time
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh from but what it's i've still selling really well
0: yeah it's done really well which is great i'm thrilled to hear that but what i've heard is in japan is it's actually being marketed as the next mainline pokemon game what i've
1: heard in japan so (laughs) we'll see how it goes yeah i i think it might even be called pokemon there which usually Mm -hmm. it's pocket monsters so it's a really strange installation but I hope that they... That there's still a lot to, to criticize in this game, unfortunately. Um, but nothing that's a deal-breaker by any means. D- this is the first game that Game Freak have really made that feels like a... Uh, a console game? A console <laughs> game. Yeah, that, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Because it's, it's huge, which means that there are some areas in the... Uh, terrain that have holes and gaps in them hmm. there's a there's a floating rock that there's an area with a hot spring and there's just a floating rock next to it
0: oh no well i actually kind of had fun in breath of the wild which is like the gold standard for open worlds right now as far as i'm concerned i still find just little places where the terrain doesn't quite work and you can actually kind of get underneath the terrain if you go through it in the right places so that's just the nature of open world design and considering when it's a huge world yeah yeah and it, Game Freak's first game of this type and I don't think they had help from anybody who not in any official capacity like uh, Nintendo hired Monolith to help with Breath of the Wild and they'd done Xenoblade so mm. they had a bit of experience from a studio with that I don't think Game Freak had anything like that to make this game I think uh, I, I'm sure they hired people who knew what they were doing but as far as an official studio helping them that did not happen for this game as far as i know
1: yeah I, i've seen some people speculate that maybe they had one of the soft help out hmm. but i should have probably paid attention during the credits <laughs>
0: <laughs> which hopefully aren't an hour long <laughs> oh no thank, thankfully oh, and
1: the, and they have like little photos of like drawings of um the character celebrating that the end of the world has been stopped
0: well that's a, a conversation that we've been having in our slack channel is the art style of the game what what, what kind of art style is the, are those pictures in just just hand-drawn
1: cartoons or what is it ken sugomori mm-hmm. I, I hope i've said that right um like that typical hand-drawn pokemon style that you see mm. for like key art the 2d stuff
0: Okay. Uh, There's been some speculation in our Slack channel from people who know more about these things than I do that the game's art style was based on block prints from traditional Japanese art. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were debating Uh, about the mountain. Yeah, (laughs) since I incorrectly identified the mountain in this game as uh, Mount Fuji (laughs) or, or based on Mount Fuji. It's just based on mountains in block prints in general. So, yeah. But... I was just interested if that was more block print art. If that would lend credence to that theory, but I guess it'll just remain a mystery if, if that was a deliberate
1: inspiration or not. I, th- I think the pictures they're, they're kind of framed as photographs because you got mm. that photo studio that I don't think we talked about last time.
0: Um, I didn't go in there because uh, I did unlock that in the main town briefly. I. I'm just not into photo modes in video games. So when, when a, a photo mode unlocks and I'm like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. I kind of skimmed past it, but I tried it out because there's a couple of uh, requests that involve <laughs> trying, like the guy who runs the place has taken a photo of a Pokemon, but it's kind of cut off and you have to figure out mm. which Pokemon it is and show him, which I thought was a <laughs> cute that idea. Pokemon? It, it literally <laughs> was. Nice. Um, I I just did it for the requests, and then I just checked it out, because it unlocks more. Which I really like about the side uh, quests in this, is that they unlock things, not just new features, but there are certain requests that actually grow the town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, more buildings get built, because you've helped them find Pokemon that can help with building, or with farming.
0: Oh, that's cool. Because I still have a very vanilla town right now, it's still at the start, and Everything's kind of interchangeable. Like everybody has their own little house they live in, but all the houses are the same. So the only way I can tell which one to go into is to follow a quest marker.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like that too much. Yeah, but what can you do? That's kind of a Pokemon staple.
0: Yeah, even Sword and Shield had that, and I, I don't remember if I went into it or not. But like the big capital town at the end of the game. There's like dozens of individual character houses, not to, not to lay into sword and shield too hard this late on, but dozens of NPC houses and they all have the same layout. It was just, it felt really lazy. It's like, if, if there's nothing in these houses, just don't let me open the door.
1: <laughs> but, it's, it's slightly more forgivable here because it's like a new town that's just mm-hmm. been built like a, a colony sort of thing. And,
0: and it's like a corporate town too. So yeah. Like, everything being mass-produced makes a certain amount of sense. Uh, I'm willing to give it a pass for that reason, and also because I've spent a fraction of my time in that town. So (laughs) I I go in and I find the people with exclamation points above their heads, and then I I get back out into the world as fast as I can, because that's where I want to be, and luckily the game is very much weighted, so that way you do spend
1: most of your time there. Yeah, Yeah, I I feel like that actually did the pacing really well, where... When you need to go back to town to, like, report your Pokedex to Cyrene, Mm-hmm. so Cy- uh, I think
0: it's Selene. maybe. I, I am...
1: I'm not sure. I'm terrible anyway. with names. <laughs> yeah, me too. I keep forgetting. Um, when, you, when you go back to town to, you know, get your extra stars and rankings and everything, mm-hmm. typically, there's a whole bunch of new requests to unlock based on what you've caught. So... If you've caught a a ponyta, a ponyta, I I know Pokemon pronunciations are just a mess. I think I always said ponyta. Yeah, Yeah. Um, you get a request based on finding a unusual ponyta.
0: Yeah, I got that one. The one with the blue flaming mane instead of the the red and orange. Is that the shiny ponyta? It's the shiny. That's the shiny. Okay, I read there yeah. was a quest that introduced the shiny Pokemon. I wasn't sure if that was it or not, because <laughs> uh, there's a there's a whole like sub community subculture in Pokemon that's just revolves around the shiny Pokemon. I've never really cared that much. Yeah, like, neither. I think it's it's more exciting of, when it happens randomly. Yeah, where versus farming it or exploiting the RNG to get it, but. It's enough of a pain in the butt to get some of the Pokemon without finding the super rare Pokemon. Like, I, I still remember the days when I would keep starting new games until I could just get a female version of the starter so I could read them. Like, that was enough RNG tinkering for me without also going for the female shiny version of the starter, which I've seen people try to farm out. It's like, that is... Twenty hours of your life you could spend doing anything else than starting new games over and over in Pokemon.
1: <laughs> yeah. I props to them for being dedicated, but I, I can't do it. Yeah. That's Super... it. I did find a random shiny in this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh,
0: the, the Pokemon the the yeah. The Ponyta is the only shiny I've seen, and that was for a quest, so technically yeah. I've seen zero.
1: That's like the the red uh, Gyarados that you find in um Gold and Silver. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a shiny, uh, this is kind of a spoiler, not really though, because it is a Sinnoh Pokemon, I'm, I'm pretty sure, the Cranidos, um, one of the fossil Pokemon.
0: I'm pretty sure I know which one that is, the name is familiar.
1: Uh, it's like a little raptor looking thing with a giant dome on its head, because I think it yeah. butts everything.
0: That's what I thought, yeah, the Elvis Presley or uh, Friar Tuck, <laughs> that's a... Dress yeah park never mind <laughs> uh
1: but yeah I, I found that in a time space uh distortion okay with, which is their way of adding things like because porygon is in this game and I, I saw that might.
0: too i figured he had to be because the the upgrade is available from that merchant that you can spend your online credits i forgot what they're called the merit points oh, yeah, yeah the the upgrade
1: for getting to Porygon (laughs) 2. It's because Uh, Porygon Z, or Porygon Z, if you're in mm. America, um, it's a Sinnoh evolution. It was introduced in Diamond and Pearl. Mm. Same with Magnezone. Mm -hmm. So their way of introducing... And and, and they did it via the fossil Pokemon as well. So there's an area where the the distortions will bring fossil Pokemon in, and then there's ones that will bring in Pokemon that technically shouldn't exist yet. Um, and there's one because Sneasel's got a new evolution in this game, Sneezler.
0: Sneezler. Sneezler.
1: <laughs> but you need and Weevil. Sneezliest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a His- Hisuian form of Sneasel that evolves mm-hmm. into that. But you need Weevil for your Pokedex. So the Space Time Distortions also bring in the Jotoan Weevil uh, Sneasel to evolve into Weevil. It's a fun way of kind of. Filling the Pokedex foot with the Sinnoh Pokemon without bending the law too much.
0: Yeah, and I saw the Alolan Volpix is also catchable, which is kind of interesting because uh, I didn't know. Yeah. Go... You is just that get given one. Two?
1: There's a quest uh, based around it. That's
0: interesting. I didn't think that Alola had been reached yet at this point, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, they can do they can do whatever they want. It's their game.
1: (laughs) One of the the NPCs is from Alola, Hmm. and there's a couple of like fetch quests in this, but they're kind of fun. Uh, One of them is finding all like you have to find six Alolan Vulpix in an area, (laughs) but it's in the snow area, so. Oh my. (laughs) It's not as hard as it sounds. Um but the main one would be the the Spiritomb quest, where you have to find 107 Wisps throughout uh, the, the levels.
0: I've just gotten to that quest. I think I found, like, three, just because I've been passing by them, but I fully intend to not bother even trying that until I get the uh, the Flying Transport Pokémon, which I'm sure is coming later. I'm, I think they showed it off in the trailers, but anyway.
1: Yeah, um, it, it's the it, new bra- Braviary. hmm um it's i I would actually recommend not relying on the flying solely because the draw distance in this game is kind of abysmal
0: oh no that's that's unfortunate but again going back to breath of the wild i actually spend most of my time in that game running around on foot yeah Uh, just because i find getting on the horse and getting off the horse and getting on the horse and getting off the horse you know where Every five feet, there's something hidden in Breath of the Wild, so it just seemed like a waste of time. So I just ran everywhere. I found myself doing the same thing in this, like e- even though it's super fast and easy to get off of the uh, uh, the deer thing. Whose oh, weird button. weird ear. That's right. Yeah, uh, it's super fast, easy to get on and off. Weird ear. It's just you literally just press the plus button, and but still, I find myself just just walking everywhere because it's just nice to have just a. I don't know if I could call this a chill game because I am constantly doing something that requires a fair amount of concentration. Yeah. But just in a game I'm in no rush to get anywhere. Like I, You are way ahead of me on playtime now because I, I've had to prioritize what I'm playing. So I haven't played it since last weekend. But I played it a solid 20 hours last weekend and I barely got into the second area just because I was having too much fun being distracted by everything around me it's like i can clearly see where the next goal waypoint is for the next part of the quest which if you just focus on those you can finish the first area in less than two hours maybe less than one uh it took me 20 hours just because i was going around catching everything and I'd catch something, and the little pop-up would come up and say, you have, like, 17 out of 25 Pokémon to finish the next Pokédex goal. I was like, well, guess I'm hanging around here until I catch eight more of those. (laughs) So very, very, very slowly I worked my way across the map, and I still only covered, like, a third to half of that map because there's there's areas I can't
1: even get to yet because I don't have the right transport Pokémon. I mean, one of my gripes of the game is once you unlock flying mm-hmm. it kind of ruins the magic of exploring the area it it breaks down the barriers of where you can and can't go
0: the same thing happened to world of warcraft the worst thing if you ask me that ever happened to world of warcraft was they introduced flying mounts which made it so you could go anywhere you want and there were very few zones that pulled that off successfully it just made it so everything was a straight line basically there was no more exploration just the magic of the world was just gone so yeah that that doesn't surprise me that this game is suffering the the same fatigue from its design choices
1: (laughs) yeah it i mean partly the fault of me for relying on it a lot for what i was trying to do but at Mm -hmm. the same time if you give the player tools without constraints (laughs) It's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I'll use it to get around,
0: but only if I'm in a hurry. That's how I usually do things like that in open world games. Like, I also prefer not to fast travel if I can avoid it, because I find that once I start using fast travel, I'm spending more time looking at fast travel loading screens than actually walking anywhere. (laughs) So I I now have a a blanket policy of only using fast travel if I, I really need to. Turn the game off That's the only time that I'll fast travel
1: Yeah uh, I'll, I'll really just fast travel in this To go to the base camp to save and quit mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, And that didn't happen often A lot of the time I just end up flying there Which is not far off from fast travel to be honest <laughs> But it, it's just <laughs> a shame It makes the, f- the areas feel so much smaller Yeah
0: Yeah they take a good few minutes to run across on foot, but I'm sure yeah. when you don't have any obstacles in the way and you're not being distracted by every single Pokemon you encounter along the way, yeah, I'm sure you can get across it in a few seconds. But, well, not that fast, but one or two minutes.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That said, it's still absolutely fascinating um, seeing how they've kind of filled out the areas because it's not just filling it out with details in the environment it's making the pokemon that spawn there kind of make sense as well
0: yeah nothing has felt out of place i haven't been to every area yet but nothing has really felt out of place although i have been intrigued by the names of the areas there's uh, i've found the obsidian field lands and the crimson Mirelands. lands i think it's called uh except I haven't seen anything obsidian colored in the first one and nothing yeah. crimson in the second one. I don't know why they gave them those names if they weren't, I mean, I, I I'm kind of wandering into my, my complaint about the game's visuals, which uh, I think has been discussed uh, to death at this point, but it's just weird. They gave these areas, these really distinctive color-based names. And then they're, they're just these really standard area designs. I, I just, I wonder what happened there.
1: Yeah, come to think of it um, Most of the other areas have colour-based names as well <laughs> It's Cobalt Coastline okay. And the Alab- Alabaster... I uh, can't remember the the name But it's the snow area
0: Oh, of course, yeah Alabaster, That one makes sense huh?
1: <laughs> I, I thought it was actually kind of fun How they named a lot of the areas after the towns in Sinnoh
0: Mm, I'm not familiar enough with uh, Diamond and Pearl to really have appreciated that, but okay. a, lot, a lot of the starting areas have very apt names, which uh, I have not written down, so I couldn't tell you what they were, but they were kind of eye-rolling names. like y- y- You know how lame it is that like the first island in Wind Waker is called Outset Island? It's that kind of naming conventions for some, oh, of, yeah. the, for, some of the starting areas in, in the Prilly obsidian Beach. field lands. Yeah. Prelude Beach exactly is a... Yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, some of them are pretty uh, corny Yeah But some of them are outright named after their counterparts Um for Sinnoh So you can kind of see where the actual town names come from, I guess But there's also a lot of ruins um, One of the other fetch quests is Finding Every Unknown
0: Oh jeez Oh, the unknown. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> it's really interesting because it gives you clues to where to find them, but they're written in the unknown text. So it's actually like kind of a pain to read them.
0: Oh, it's Ruby and Sapphire all over again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is there also a, a an underwater tomb that I can find that I have to transcribe this language they've made up to <laughs> Luckily that not. was actually that was actually a pretty good side question ruby and sapphire i would not mind doing that again for this game in a big open world game
1: there's a quite a few allusions to other regions and characters in this mm-hmm. like the diamond and pearl settlements in this have uh, framed photos of people that look a lot like the leaders of um team magma and team aqua
0: well yeah and, and uh the organization you're working for is blatantly the prelude to <laughs> yeah. Team Galactic. It's the Galactic Corporation or something that they're called. I don't remember. It's got Galactic, Galactic in the name. It's like, oh yeah. So you're the villains in the in the future
1: sequel. So <laughs> yeah, but the leader looks like um, the Professor from Generation <laughs> Four. So who knows? Something happened there.
0: <laughs> Fanfic writers, start your engines. Now, I've read that there are some quote-unquote dungeons, like are there caves? I haven't found any caves yet, which I've been kind of disappointed by. That's something that could be, they could do really cool things with in Pokemon. Like, Sword and Shield in some of the wild areas had a few caves and those were by far the most interesting parts of those wild areas and I'm disappointed I haven't run into any yet here, but um, I've only really explored one area and not entirely, so what kind of, like, caves and dungeons and ruins and towers and things like that are in this game so there
1: are a couple of uh caves and i think you start finding them from the third Hmm. mm, fourth area onwards oh my goodness
0: that's uh that's 80
1: hours away from me (laughs) (laughs) um they're pretty much what you'd expect it's the same gameplay just in a a much more confined space um Mm -hmm. one of the caves is like kind of like a maze cool um and one of them kind of runs underneath the entirety of the the area oh. well not not in a, the entirety but like enough of it
0: a good chunk of it yeah that would be great i would love just an area just like Carlsbad caverns where you just have to spelunk like an entire area underneath the region and then there's everything
1: on top of it too they could do great stuff with that it's not to that extent but there, there is like a, a i'd call it a substantial Tunnel system underneath one of the areas
0: oh, That's great I have that to look forward to at
1: least <laughs> And there is one Dungeon as I'd call it mm-hmm. Um it's Not a spoiler if you've played Diamond and Pearl But Snowpoint Temple
0: I have no memory of that
1: <laughs> <laughs> Diamond and Pearl was a long Time ago for me <laughs> Um Um it has a puzzle that very much feels like a Pokemon puzzle mm-hmm. um, But there's also wild Pokemon inside of it as well A couple of alphas uh, a couple of, At least one alpha that I remember But yeah um, There is a temple slash dungeon But they don't completely resemble Pokemon Because the whole trainer battle thing isn't really a thing here
0: yeah, I was uh, I zeroed in on when you said there were a lot of legendary Pokemon battles later on in the game because uh, the the battling has been present for me, but it hasn't felt like an emphasis. And in fact, I've kind of gotten to a place where if I get into a fight with a Pokemon, I just knock it out. I don't even try to catch it in battle. If if I don't catch it through stealth out in the field, then I just I just knock it out. So I've been kind of super delineating the game between the battling half and the capturing half so maybe i shouldn't be doing that but th- then the few trainer battles i've encountered have been super easy but that's because i'm super over leveled as well so yeah. what's the
1: difficulty on those legendary battles well they they kind of play out like the some a lot of them play out like the the noble
0: mm-hmm.
1: frenzy battles where you're throwing bombs <laughs> yeah but they have I've different only attack it. patterns I've only
0: done one of the noble Pokemon so far, uh, and I I read the instructions where you're supposed to throw bags of food at it to appease it and calm it down, I guess. I I made fun of that because that didn't make any sense. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then it said you could get into fights with it to get big damage on it at certain points and stun it for long periods of time and i i kept waiting for like a window to open up for that to happen and i never saw that window so i just kept throwing food at it until i whittled its meter all the way down (laughs) i missed
1: something there something did not click for me yeah it'll tell you outright that the pokemon has kind of tied out so now it's time to throw a pokemon and do battle um you won't really notice it on like th- maybe the first two okay that's probably what happened then <laughs> i was like i was like okay
0: I, i'm waiting to knock this thing out so i can get the uh the big boost on it but it it never came but okay now now i'm i'm more certain i didn't miss anything and i was just doing
1: good <laughs> yeah yeah i i didn't do it on cleaver mm-hmm. now i can't remember what the second one was I've seen people say, oh, I, I never needed to do the, the, um, Pokemon battles on like, but they've only done one or two, hmm. but the later ones, you will most definitely benefit from, uh, battling the Pokemon because they have really hard attacks to dodge and they just kind of hit you with everything all at once. Wow. <laughs> I really like it. It's like a, a 3D bullet hell in some of these.
0: Oh my goodness. Now, you're going to scare away some people because I know some people do like the Pokemon games because they are pretty uh, user friendly. So it would not be in the
1: series interest to alienate those people, I think. But So I, I can kind of ease your worries on that um, if you're worried about them being too, too difficult you can continue the battle from where you left off. Yeah. I, maybe I just read about it. I've, if you black out mid battle mm-hmm. and you've taken out, cause they're, they're segmented into four bars, health bars. Mm-hmm. Well, well, one health bar four segments. Um, if you get knocked out after you've taken out a certain amount of segments, those are kind of checkpoints. So you can continue the battle And the segments that you've completed Completely will stay completed Oh that's handy, okay Yeah, and there's no penalty For getting knocked out that so You don't lose items or anything And yeah. if you're really struggling Which I, I, I admit I had to do the continue rather than restart On some of them hmm. the, the last last boss In particular Was just way too full on
0: Wow. Well, the difficulty has been going up in the Pokemon games of late. Still, not to an extreme degree, but there have been a few moments in the Pokemon games where I had to put some effort forward to progress. I couldn't just steamroll the entire game like I used to do in the really old, like the original ones. But it's, it's interesting to hear that they are really... Adding more of an element of challenge to at least that part of the game. Uh, I wonder if building up the Pokemon's effort values, and uh, I'm not going to get into what effort values are, Google it, but (laughs) I was surprised to see that the effort values were still in this game, even even though there's no online battling uh, yet. Uh, Friend of the show, Glenn Watts, has predicted that it will be added later. I would not be surprised if it is. The other route I could see them going is if they're going to alternate, maybe alternate by years or just alternate by releases. I don't know. But, like, this will be, like, the single-player-focused, like, adventure-style game. And then the more traditional Pokémon battling games will stay with that old formula but start taking more of a, a PvP
1: focus. I think it would be interesting if they went that route. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I see happening. Um... Because it kind of feels like they're trying to phase out the idea of the generations. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like regional Pokemon rather than, you know, adding hundred and fifty new Pokemon every time.
0: I'm sure that's a lot of work. And like just with the longer the series has gone on, just the more the naysayers have complained about how unoriginal the Pokemon designs have become. I still think they're fine. Like there's only so many ideas you know the, out there in the world. Like, uh, you know, you y- you turn a keychain into a Pokemon, people complain. You you turn another four-legged animal into something else, and people complain. It's like you can't win. So, <laughs> you know, I I'm, yeah. I'm 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 sympathetic towards you know having to design so many new Pokemon every game. I was like, even back when Sword and Shield came out. I was a big proponent of just wiping the slate clean and starting from scratch, but obviously they did not do. But I would have been fine if they did that.
1: I mean, ideally, what I'd what I'd really like to see is the single player focused games like Legends,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and bring back Colosseum. Yeah, make the uh, connect it to home or something, Pokemon Home.
0: Yeah, Pokemon. Is that what Pokémon Box is called now is Pokémon Home? The the one that lets yeah. you uh, collect all your Pokémon in one place.
1: Yeah. What that's that's where like the the national decks is now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like they've definitely kind of given up on having every single Pokémon in every single Pokémon game because that <laughs> is a lot of work. Like everyone's yeah. complaining, but you think about game development. That's even for a AAA. That's gigantic
0: yeah still remembering the reddit threads when sword and shield came out you just copy and paste like there was one idiot who just flat out said it would take you 10 to 15 minutes for each one to do is like are you bleeping (laughs) stupid how old are you and get off reddit i think you have to be 13 to be on here anyway
1: Uh. i mean i my understanding is that they have a dedicated company called creatures that Mm. Makes the 3D models and animations and everything for Pokemon. That's all they do.
0: Yeah, and I, I've recognized a lot of the animations have actually carried over, uh, going all the way back to Pokemon Stadium on Nintendo 64. Like, I'm sure it's not the same animations, but they've they've kept like the same ideas. Where like th- an Alakazam using Psychic in this game, the animation is basically the same as what they used back. All the way back in Pokemon Stadium, which actually I really appreciate. I like that continuity because it does create this sense that it's the same world and it's the same monsters. They're not just recreating things just for the sake of recreating them. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that that creates continuity and it also probably saves a lot of time. I like that stuff. I, I don't complain about that at all unlike some of the uh, internet critics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I think if if they focus on these single player experiences like legends maybe add a couple new pokemon and then have pokemon home as the place where you put your pokemon over to and then you can battle people <laughs> either through home or through another game like colosseum have different rule sets for like the hisuian battle style or the traditional battle style and you can have all your megas and whatever without needing all those like animations for like petting your Pokemon and feeding them and stuff yeah. just have the battles
0: yeah that would be interesting to see them go that way with the uh, the core series if they go that direction we are just speculating here
1: oh yeah uh, I'm just saying just... what I'd like to see because I've never been a fan of PvP Pokemon yeah me either I, I, I just like I collecting tried...
0: Me too. Like, I, I always start from scratch. I don't even do Pokemon Home because I like to start from scratch in each game and build each Pokedex independently rather than collecting everything in one place because I still recognize them as individual games, not just one big meta project for me to work on, which would very quickly consume my life. i uh, oh, have yeah. no interest in getting into that. But It would be funny to get into Pokemon Home and connect it to Pokemon Legends. It's like, here come my 52 Bidoof's.
1: that'd be a good way of keeping pokemon instead of just releasing them which you kind of have to do if you're going for a perfect 10
0: Mm -hmm. i surprisingly despite all the pokemon i captured last weekend i haven't hit the box limit yet but i'm sure i'm getting close what is they they call them pastures now i think but they're 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 boxes what is Hmm. the box limit
1: i don't know (laughs) no, <laughs> oh. okay i'm i'm still on like 16 at the moment but i've mm. had of one friend say that there's 32 at least yeah it seems to
0: grow as you catch more and more and i think i'm in like box 14 or 15 and i, I was sure i was getting close to the cap but apparently i'm only halfway there which is nice i'm i'm concerned if uh i hit that cap if it's going to just start refusing to capture Pokemon for me, make me go back to town, or if it's just going to start randomly overriding things, which would be even worse because there are some things that I I do want to keep. I want to keep all my alphas, and there are, there are some that I actually have spent time training and evolving that I want to keep. I'm just, I'm concerned that those would get randomly deleted somehow, but that's uh, not a criticism, that's just an avenue of the game that I haven't gotten to experience yet, so I can't comment on how it's going to work. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm reading. Um, 240 Pokemon total. Yes. Mhm. So 31 pastures. So you unlock 29. Oh, okay. So you start off with 240. Mhm. Um, then you get 29 until you beat the game, and then you can add two more pastures. So 31. So 930 Pokemon total in pastures, which is a lot.
0: Yeah, which 1 uh, of them is Bidoof's. Because <laughs> I had to catch so many of the chubby little jerks <laughs> to finish the Pokedex.
1: <laughs> well, I, I know that they're bringing um, home connectivity to Legends Arceus in the future. I had no doubt. I had no doubt it was coming. So maybe that's why they have EVs. Or maybe it's just there for the people who really like to grind that stuff I'm a big Eevee fan Oh, you, you're talking about the effort values Effort values. Never mind. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Big Eevee fan here, but anyway uh, <laughs> Me too You gotta too. have Eevee I've got uh, these little uh,
1: Eevee figurines above my um, <laughs> on my monitor at the moment of all the evolutions Yeah, The I'm way
0: Andy like... is towards Dedenne, I am towards Eevee if Eevee is not in the game, I'm going to be pissed.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm a Dragonite fan, and I don't know the last time that they've had Dragonite in the game. I don't know either. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm not like the other people that go, oh, I can't have my favorite Pokemon in this. The game sucks. It's like...
0: And and I'm going to harass you on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have the Pokemon company in your bio? I'm going to send you mean tweets. <laughs> I work in human resources. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. This is this is your fault individually. <laughs> uh.
1: I, I'd like this legends format to be the future of Pokemon. Having there's two hundred and forty-two Pokemon in this total, which feels mm-hmm. like an achievable amount. Yeah. If this were 900 Pokemon, I wouldn't have tried. <laughs> I would be
0: thrilled if there were actually that many in this game, but you know, baby steps. And um, but I, I I really hope they keep up with the Pokemon Legends series going forward because it's been a, a critical and a sales success. So those are both of the metrics that matter to corporations. So I'm sure they're going to make another one, and I just I want them to take their time with it and you know just really polish up the criticisms of this game which there have been quite a few pointed out but having said that i still think it's a fantastic game it's the next step of pokemon i naively assumed sword and shield would be but wasn't (laughs) yes Um, yeah and i'm just i'm thrilled to have this game to get to when i am when i'm able to prioritize it (laughs) it's a, a bit of a stacked release season in the early part of the year but Uh, I'm going to get back to it as soon as I'm able to. Yeah. So just one other order of business this week. I did play Death's Gambit Afterlife, which is uh, an indie adventure platformer. Uh, Has had quite a development history. Uh, I haven't been reading too much on it because I I didn't want to affect my fresh experience of the game by having too much foreknowledge about it. But from what I understand, uh, this game is a few years old and it released to some success but also a lot of criticism about certain elements of it and the afterlife release is a significant retooling of the game world how exactly that works what they've changed i'm not sure i i have felt that the game world has been fine as adventure platformers go you know not not an a but not a d either it's 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 good it's a a a b plus (laughs) or a B in that area Uh, a lot of the times these games these kind of Hollow Knight style Metroid style games they get described as uh, Souls-like games because you know you die and you go back to the last bench you sat on and you've got to fight your way back to where you died and then you can recover all the money you dropped and I kind of push back against that interpretation because that's a real oversimplification of what the Dark Souls games are. This game is Dark Souls as a side-scrolling platformer. That's what it is. It has the same stat systems. The boss fights are really similar, both in terms of challenge and in the fact that I my strategy is building up my stamina meter and just hiding behind a shield through most enemy attacks. That That's a really effective strategy. Even art
1: direction, from what I can see, is very yeah. souls yeah
0: Uh, but then it just it takes these really strange thematic turns which i don't want to describe all of them because they're so strange and fascinating i want them to be surprises but like at one point i found like these little mascot critters running a kitchen like a uh a Michelin star rated kitchen in this little area, and there was no combat in this area. It was just a bunch of jokes. It was like something out of Guacamelee. It was really strange. <laughs> oh. uh, but w- <laughs> what the game is about is uh, there's this kind of kingdom that somehow mastered immortality, and it's not going well for them because these people who have become immortal the longer they stay alive like the emptier they become inside as as i understand it like the their soul gets corrupted or their soul just kind of decays away and they're just left as just like this monster that smashes things which is why you have to go through the world killing them in turn but the player character you play as is actually the member of this military unit that was trying to invade this kingdom so they could get the secret of immortality so they could be immortal too it did not go well for them they all died but the player character got this bargain or a gambit from death itself uh basically every time he dies, he comes back to life, because death is not real thrilled about this huge kingdom uh, filled with immortal people. That kind of impedes with uh, his entire point of existence. So he gives this one hero basically infinite lives to go back through and try to stop this from happening. And there are twists from what I've read, Uh, I'm not done with the game yet, I can't give it a complete assessment. But I've I've enjoyed what I've played so far. It's it's really it's super ambitious. I mean, I'm not kidding. This is Dark Souls as a side scroller. All the systems are here. If you played Dark Souls and like you know all about the stats and how you have to assign them and like the weapon ratings and how, what the weapon ratings mean with your stats, it's all here. I, I've just had a good time with it and so far. I recommend what I've played of it it's not an A plus game it's not Hollow Knight uh, it's not you know the best Metroid games that people really like but I appreciate what they were going for here and I also appreciate that they kept working on the game on on the one hand it's disturbing that so many people are willing to just scrap this game they made and make a new one on top of it based on fan feedback you know that's the that's the mass effect 3 ending all over again but like on a game-wide scale that's really disturbing that that original game they made flawed though it is is just kind of gone now on the other hand they listened to fan feedback and they worked to make basically a second game Acknowledging that feedback and that there is something admirable about that and I appreciate that and this is out on Switch it's been out on Switch on the eShop for a while I held out for the physical version which just came out in the past couple weeks and what I've played of it so far I've had a good time of it if you're into the Dark Souls games I think you'll have a good time with this too.
1: It looks interesting and I say this as someone who hasn't been a huge Souls fan before but I learning that When people talk about the difficulty of Souls-likes, it's not so much... Like, skill's definitely involved, but it's more Mm. about maintaining concentration and focus for a fairly long time. And
0: also learning how the systems work. That was my
1: biggest obstacle in Dark Souls, was learning
0: these systems, because nothing in the game explains them to you. So you either have to be like me, where you just stubbornly force your way through the game until you figure them out, Or, if you're a smart person, you just go on Reddit and read what other people have written uh, in five minutes, which will explain the whole thing for you. (laughs) Basically. uh, Yeah, I I, I don't want to soft-sell the Dark Souls games. They are challenging. I don't want to tell people that, like, these are the hardest games ever made. They're not. I've played many games worse than this. I know because they're so hard, I don't even bother playing them. (laughs) The Dark Souls games I play, and... uh, I have mixed feelings with them. I'm playing through Dark Souls 3 right now. This is not Switch related, but it's related to the discussion. Uh, And this is the best Souls game I've played so far, both in terms of content and difficulty. So, yeah, (laughs) just don't be intimidated by the Dark Souls series reputation, the Difficulty discussion has just been done to death over the past 10 years. Uh, It's interminable. We're all sick of it, and it also completely misrepresents what the game is. On that same note, don't be intimidated by Death's Gambit Afterlife just because I said it's like Dark Souls. You can learn to play these games if you make the effort. (laughs) It's still going to be outside of some people's skill level, just uh, on a uh, concentration or reaction time. That's fine if that's where you're at. But these games are not for, like, the top most players only. That is a complete misrepresentation of the Souls series, and I'm sick of hearing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I compared Doom Eternal to Dark Souls in that it's a game that demands that you respect it. Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention. You have to learn from your mistakes. You can't just go in expecting... Yeah, if you go in and keep dying to the same thing over and over, it's because you're not paying attention to the thing that's killing you. <laughs> yeah, you need to change up your tactics, which is another problem I have. I have this problem in every game where
0: I will just keep trying to brute force my way through everything rather than trying a more subtle approach or trying just, you know, a different approach to my usual strategy of finding the biggest thing I can find and hitting it as hard as I can against my obstacle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah Uh, and i think the games that kind of punish you for doing that mm -hmm. they feel unfair if you're inflexible you have to be flexible you have to pay attention to what's happening
0: yeah i think the biggest education i've ever gotten in video games lately certainly in the past 10 years have been indie platformers because those games if you just throw your player character at a monster and just spam the attack button you're going to die but like if you just step back and look at their attack patterns and just focus more on avoiding getting hit than on dealing damage which uh can be a problem for me when i'm I'm getting really sunk into a game i just i just get into this zen state where i'm just mashing the attack button but anyway that's not a good time uh but if, if you're concentrating and you just you just pay attention to what's going on these games they are not insurmountable they just they just feel that way if, if you're not trying basically
1: yeah like I said with the you have to pay attention to the systems that the game is presenting you because if you play the way that you play games like Halo really ruined me Halo <laughs> is a game where you can just on like normal difficulty just shoot and if you die just shoot them more Uh, and also
0: halo starts you off with the uh the combat revolver like (laughs) (laughs) yeah start the player off with the best gun in the game why don't you that's gonna lead to some laziness
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly and and
0: dead space with the nail gun (laughs) yeah i have played all of dead space one and dead space two not once have i used any other gun in any of those games it's just nail gun all the way through (laughs) and i had a
1: good time with it so i'm not complaining but it's hard when a game is like maybe you're using the wrong weapon because you're just like no shut up this is what i like (laughs) and i think it looks like death's gambit is kind of like that it looks like there's like 30 different weapons
0: there's a really intricate class system and a lot of weapons like uh, again it's a lot like dark souls like it's even like dark souls where like you can pick a different class at the start of the game that just determines where your stats are at and what equipment you start with if you want to start off as a mage and just change to a warrior just through the stats you pick and the equipment you start farming for and buying from enemies you can do that i don't know why you would go
1: that route but that's a route you can take (laughs) (laughs) But I guess when a game gives you options, it's giving you reasons to use those options as well. Mm -hmm. Like when I played Dark Souls three, which is, I've only played like the start of it, but I found that the difficulty is literally just pay attention, Mm -hmm, keep mm -hmm. that concentration up. And that's really hard for me, but I, I can respect that. And if I'm dying in a particular way, it's, it's like, I had ranged attacks and close attacks. And the boss was just wrecking me if I was too close to it too long. So it kind of got me thinking I have to try and get used to the ranged attacks a bit more. Hmm.
0: I just found out how to dodge past it. I, I never use ranged attacks in Dark Souls. It's like, a bow? What am I supposed to do with that?
1: <laughs> well, that's the other thing is dodging in iFrames. I mean, even Pokemon yeah. tells you about I-frames. Which, um, which if you don't know is... um. I think it's just stands for invincibility. Yeah, invincibility frames. It, it just yeah. means that there's a certain part of your um, dodge animation you mm-hmm. cannot take damage.
0: Yeah, like in literalist terms, like while you're dodging, your dodge animation has a certain number of frames in it. The number of iframes is the number of frames in that animation where your character will be invincible to all attacks. The more iframes the better.
1: Yeah. And and Pokemon I found that the entire attack uh, dodge Mm-hmm, animation yeah.
0: generally speaking the easier a game is trying to be on a player the more iframes they're going to give you during your dodge
1: yeah but which are really find... technical now <laughs> it's fun to talk about with um in terms of difficulty it's things like that where you have to pay attention to those mechanics that it's giving you it doesn't tell you outright pokemon does but mm-hmm. dark souls doesn't and like street fighter doesn't <laughs> no well street fighter fighting games don't, do not have good tutorials yet nether
0: realm is coming a long way with injustice and mortal Kombat, they actually have like not, not flawless tutorials like you can play those tutorials and you go online you're probably still going to get wrecked but you'll have a better understanding of why you're getting wrecked uh, versus like <laughs> some of the other games i play where i go online and like I don't even understand what just happened there. (laughs) Yeah. I I loaded into the game and then it was game over. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Three, two, one, go. And I've lost. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So if you're looking to get into fighting games, maybe start with Mortal Kombat 11 on Switch. It has a really good
1: tutorial mode in it. It'll teach you all these terms. Games like this kind of help you understand fighting game mechanics a little bit Mm -hmm. better. Not to the point where if you play a Dark Souls game you're going to be good at fighting games, but like it helps you learn those mechanics without going up against another person. And it, it makes you feel hopeful that once you understand the mechanics, because there's a difference between like knowing what the mechanics are and actually understanding them in the middle of, uh, combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. games like this are really good for like testing reflexes and timings and, and I'm not saying this is an expert either. I'm still, rubbish at fighting games but it helped me actually play them
0: yeah I'm, I'm terrible at them too like i can i can muddle through against the ai and in injustice and in, in mortal Kombat, but put me up against another player i i will i will crumble both due to a combination of inexperience and nerves it's like oh a human i'm gonna lose which is, is not <laughs> a great thing to, it's not a great place to start off with
1: but yeah that's why they were talking about like rollback code in games or online fighting games and it's like i don't care i'm not going to play online (laughs) i have
0: no idea what that even means so like people complain about the online and smash brothers and i'm like (laughs) i can play mario kart 8 online just fine i don't know what the problem is (laughs) exactly But, uh, but uh going back to the uh discussion about you know like game design it really does feel like games are getting more sophisticated and i think dark souls was like the big like turning point in games for that In games always were sophisticated like there was stuff like boulder's gate in the 90s where you had to really understand the game systems to succeed at it but like dark souls i think was where it really broke through in the mainstream or had these really intricate and unexplained systems that you had to understand to be successful in the game and it's just kind of gone on from there where there's been more and more games like that which is like the, the the it's like dark souls phenomenon that was a meme for a long time or but then you still do have games like arcade games which are just just purely reaction based you don't need to understand the underlying systems you just have to point yourself in the direction that your character is supposed to go and press the button that does the thing that you want to happen and i think it's great that both are surviving and thriving but uh, I think the rise of the the It's Like Dark Souls games and and their growing popularity and their growing infamy, I don't know, we're probably past the infamy stage now, now that Elden Ring is coming out soon, and it's supposed to be a lot easier than the Dark Souls games, and it's also supposed
1: to be kind of like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I mean, the the whole easiness thing is probably, like, if it's going to be your first Souls-like game, it's still probably going to kick your butt. Mm Mm-hmm. It's more of a, it's easier because people are used to the genre and mechanics now. That is definitely well. true.
0: Like, like uh, when I played Bloodborne, I played Bloodborne after the first Dark Souls, and I, I said Bloodborne was easy because <laughs> I understood all the mechanics in the game, which I learned from Dark Souls, which definitely helped me a lot. Dark Souls was a very rough learning experience for me, and uh, the entire thing is on my YouTube channel if you want to watch. YouTube.com/slash/playcritically. It's a disaster. Go watch it and have fun. That's what you want. <laughs> I did finish it, but yeah. Go go watch me fight Ornstein and Smog for a good 8 to 10 hours. That was... Oh, God. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, th- I think that's going to be a
1: wrap-up for this episode. So, uh, Tori, what are you playing in the coming week? Well, I like to have... So got all the consoles. So I like to have one game that I'm playing on each. And now that Pokemon's done, I'm gonna go back to Duncan Romper because that's just where I want to play the series. <laughs> and you probably got like 90 more hours of those games to go through, don't you? <laughs> oh, probably. It's a lot of reading.
0: <laughs> well, I am also playing a narrative game. It's a uh, new released on Switch uh, in a couple days. Here, it's called Backbone. It's a post noir mystery narrative adventure where you play as a raccoon in a trench coat oh my and, god uh, it's visually amazing great pixel art in every trailer i've seen it's been out on xbox for a while and pc i think it's on game pass uh but it's coming out on switch and i do like to play games on switch so i'm going to uh play it here and i'll be talking about it in our next recording that's a really pretty game too yeah it looks great i'm really excited to play it
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to also check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. That's for PlayStation and Xbox, if you're a fan of those. Also, be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. You can also follow us on Twitter, YouTube, or you can head to our website, GamePodula.com, for updates, news, and other content. The links for all of these are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can also buy us a coffee or become a GamePodula Patreon. You can find the details for both of these on our website as well. Thank you in advance. This episode was edited by Andrew, and you can follow him at PlayCritically on Twitter, and check out his long-form reviews at PlayCritically.com. You can also follow myself at stu two s t w t w o on Twitter. You can also follow me on Twitch at Tori Stw.